Hi, karaoke pals and podcast listeners. Before we get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion for anyone with the ability to become pregnant. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights, contraception, marriage equality, and a whole host of other things we believe a free and just society needs to be considered and to remain a free and just society. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence back then, but you know, as I started going through my my physical and my my hormonal transition, it got a lot easier to put myself out there in a lot of situations. And one day I just bit the bullet and I said, you know what? I'm going to get up there and sing some karaoke. How bad could it be? And I ended up having a blast. That's what we keep telling people. You just need to get out there and you just need to do it. It's like ripping the Band-Aid off. Hello and welcome back to The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly, the podcast that takes karaoke exactly as seriously as it should be taken. I'm your celebrate good times, come on, karaoke host Adam Wainwright. I'm your doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot co-host Ed Kennard. That was that was great. I love our point-counterpoint at the top. It's one of my favorite parts of the recording this, Ed. It really is. You just like putting me on the spot. That's what it is. I love putting you on the spot. Yeah, it's literally one of my favorite things to do. And I'm so excited specifically for this episode because we have a really great guest that's coming up. I heard you have a really ridiculous stinger for our karaoke trivia bullpen. We have some great stuff that we're going to talk about because, Ed, it's June. It is June, Adam. What does that mean? What does it mean, Ed? It's Pride Month, baby. It's Pride Month, baby. Yes. And speaking of that, we do have our Pride logo, our trans logo, and another Sing With Pride shirt available on our website, sungpoorly.com. And all proceeds from those sales are going to go to the Trevor Project and the Transgender Legal Defense and Education Fund. I, You know what? If you haven't swung by our website to pick up some sweet karaoke merch yet, I think now is the perfect time to do it. Get out there, snag up those t-shirts. Let's support some great causes. So Adam, with it being Pride Month, I know this is going to be a bit of a stretch for you. And I'm hoping I didn't make anything too hard during this week's karaoke bullpen trivia. And here's one thing I'm really looking forward to. Even if you made things too hard for me, I'm really looking forward to learning. Because you always layer all these facts and education and stuff like that. And I just want to soak in everything, all the information that I know you're going to present in the karaoke trivia bulletin this month. So I I don't care if I get zero points. I am really, really excited just to hear what you have to say. Well, Adam, let's roll right into it. Here's what you'll get. Five trivia questions based on this episode's topic with varying degrees of difficulty. Each question is worth one point 
so the top score for any round is five points. If you get stuck, you can ask for one hint per game. Even if you get all of the questions wrong, you can still win by answering the impossible question. Get that one right, and you get all five points. But remember, even if you save your hint, there are no hints for the impossible bonus. Well, I'm going to get the impossible bonus right this week, so I don't need a hint. What you're saying is that you're, you're coming out swinging? Oh, hell yeah. I'm quizzing you. I want our fans to hear you win today, my dear. I'm quizzing you. I have some cues for pride. Win or lose, you tried. Did that put you in the mood? I'm coming out of my shell and ready to go, Ed. <laughs> So obviously that song will not feature into this karaoke trivia bullpen, but the theme is, with pride, queer music. How, how, how do you think you're going to do with this one, Adam? Like all of the topics that we've had so far, I'm just going to give myself a solid two and hope to exceed expectations. Under promise, over deliver, I believe is the uh, term. I think that is. So question one. We're going to start out with some very classic popular music, Tin Pan Alley. My favorite Tin Pan Alley songwriter, as you know, is Cole Porter. If you think of a song from the 20s to the 50s that was sung by Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, or Billie Holiday, there's a pretty good chance he wrote it. Publicly, Porter was in the closet, married to socialite Linda Lee Thomas, and their complicated relationship is the subject of D. Lovely, a biopic where they are played by Kevin Kline and Ashley Judd. The soundtrack is a star-studded affair, with musicians from Elvis Costello to Sheryl Crow to Alanis Morissette covering classic Cole Porter songs. I know you have heard all the songs I am about to list in this question, but which one of these is not written by Cole Porter? A. My Funny Valentine. B. Brush Up Your Shakespeare. C. Don't Fence Me In. Or D. Anything Goes. Uh, brush Up Your Shakespeare. No, Adam, that one was written by Cole Porter. Oh, I learned, see, I learned something today. I thought you knew that. I really I thought you know, knew. I didn't know. It's My Funny Valentine, which was written by Rogers and Hart for the musical Babes in Arms. So you learned something today. Again, I'm, I'm just so excited to learn, Ed. It's going to be educational. Question two. There was one night a while back where I was talking to our guest about music at the bar and described the Indigo Girls as my generation's Tegan and Sarah, as he loves Tegan and Sarah. I'm not sure how familiar you are with their songs, Closer to Fine or Galileo or their fantastic cover of Dire Straits' Romeo and Juliet, but I'm sure you've heard of the music festival Lilith Fair, and they were one of the headlining acts at the inaugural event in 1997. Which Canadian musical artist started Lilith Fair because she felt frustrated with concert promoters and radio stations that refused to play songs by two women artists in a row? I, I will take a hint on this one. The hint. If you see a commercial for animal adoption with music that makes you really sad and recognize that song, you'll get this question right. I'm going to uh, I'm going to get the name of this artist wrong, and then I'm going to have the entire our entire audience revolve around me. But it's Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. No, you got it right. Okay. Good, Good job. That's one point there, Adam. One. Going for two. Let's continue. Question three. Musician Sam Smith came out as gay in 2014 and non-binary in 2019. What 2014 gospel-tinged song are they best known for, which helped lead to their win of Best New Artist 
at the 2015 BET Awards. Is it Stay With Me? It is Stay With Me, Adam. Good. Good job. Okay. That's two yeah. points. I really love that song. Like, I love that song. You have met expectations. And I sung that at karaoke before. It did not go well. It's a little high. It's very high. Question four. Asexuality falls under the LGBTQIA plus category as well and has representation during Pride. Kim Deal identifies as asexual. She's known for being the bassist and backup singer for the Pixies, but she also was a founding member of this band with her twin sister Kelly Deal, and their song Cannonball charted and peaked at number 44 on the Billboard charts in 1993 and is, pound for pound, the grunge-era song I consider the most underrated. Name the band. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't have a clue. I'd... It's The Breeders. The Breeders, yeah. You could have given me a hint on that. I wouldn't have got it a million years. Just for the sake of fun, the hint would have been, oddly enough, the band name is a term people will use to refer to straight, child-rearing couples. Yeah, I still wouldn't have got it in a million years. Nope. Yeah, fair. It's never right. going to happen. Never going to happen. But I learned something again. And that's Great. important. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm here for. I know. Question five. The road to progress is often terribly slow. For example, the first debut number one album by someone who identifies as gay didn't happen until 2012. Previously, Elton John and George Michael topped the charts, but they had not come out before those chart-topping albums. Which artist topped the charts in May of 2012 with his album Trespassing? Mm. That was a sound I made. I mean, I made a good sound right there. <sighs> uh, man, I, I don't know. It was Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. Okay, yeah. He was vaguely in my social spectrum. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's way too late. Way, like, way, way too late. So, Adam, I mean, you met your expectations. I, I'm job. good. I, I'm great at that. I'm great at meeting expectations. Let's see if you can exceed them with the impossible bonus question. Okay. Our guest today is a poet, so this question is inspired by him. There have been plenty of queer poets. I'm personally fond of Arthur Rambeau, Walt Whitman, Langston Hughes, Frank O'Hara, John Ashbery, just to name a few. Allen Ginsberg, though, was a poet who became known outside of the publishing world when the beat movement flourished in the 50s and 60s. Born in Newark, New Jersey in 1926, Ginsburg would go on to write and perform several well-known poems, including Howl and America. One of the things you'll find in both poems is repeating first lines or phrases. In the case of his best-known poem, Howl, it was Who in the first section, Moloch in the second section, and I'm with you in Rockland in the third. I'll excerpt a bit of that third section here. Carl Solomon, I'm with you in Rockland where you're madder than I am. I'm with you in Rockland where you must feel very strange. I'm with you in Rockland where you imitate the shade of my mother. I'm with you in Rockland where you've murdered your 12 secretaries. I'm with you in Rockland where you laugh at this invisible humor. I'm with you in Rockland, where we are great writers on the same dreadful typewriter. I'm with you in Rockland, where your condition has become serious and is reported on the radio. So now that you have a feel of what I'm talking about, what is the name of this rhetorical device that is often used in poetry? This is a question that I feel like I actually have the answer in my head, that I've learned and absorbed this information because I've studied the devices like this that are used in theater. And it wouldn't change just because it's poetry. The word's going to escape me. It's not there. 
The word we're looking for is anaphora. Anaphora. Yep, I feel like that was there somewhere, but it wasn't coming out today. It didn't want to come out and play today. But hey, two points. Good job. Thanks, Ed. I feel like that was a good job, like a pat on the back. Like, oh, good, good job, kid. You you finished the race. You didn't win. You didn't finish second. You didn't finish third. You didn't even finish fourth, but you finished fifth. I think that's pretty good. It's enough to give you the lead again. So now it's nine points to eight. I feel like this is going to be a battle of wits. We need to come up with like a special episode for the end of the season, Ed, where we really ratchet up the heat. Like just <sighs> trivia back and forth. Bam, 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 bam. Foo, poo, poo. Questions everywhere. Facts everywhere. Overwhelming. Pow. Boom. Karaoke trivia. Explosion. I think we can make that happen. See, that's what I'm talking about. Ed. That's that's the can-do attitude that we need to bring into today. I, lo- I love that attitude. I love that energy. And with today being June 1st, when this episode is releasing, it's the beginning of Pride. So that's that's the subject of our show today is Pride at Karaoke. So this is going to be something that I- I'll-, I'll give my opinions on. But for the most part, I'm going to take a little bit of a back seat on. And I'm going to let you steer this conversation, Ed, as it should be. As a cisgender male, I can make my opinions known, but it's not my voice that should be represented here. So I'm going to let you steer the conversation, and I'm here to support you and jump in whenever you'd like me to. Oh, I'll have you jump in a lot. I mean, yes, you're you're, you're cisgendered, you're straight, but you've always been a good ally, I think. I mean, I try to be, and that's like that's why I said I'm just here to learn and listen and support and step up and use my voice to uh, be a weapon as needed, to be support, to be a... Uh, a consoling ear if it needs to happen just in any way that i can that's the frame of the things that i can do and i that's why i try to do karaoke because ultimately i think karaoke is about inclusivity it absolutely should be i mean it's not always but it should be i think we both agree on that yeah i mean we 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 did most of our karaoke in western pennsylvania yeah we both know that so i guess i'm leading the discussion because I, i do consider myself queer we've addressed that on the show before i mean sometimes i have imposter syndrome with that because primarily i you know, date and hook up with women, but that's not an exclusive thing. And it's taken a while for me to really accept that. It's something that I've certainly hid from time to time. I probably didn't mention it when we first became friends at all. You didn't when we first became friends. You know, something I try not to do is I don't prod until somebody tells me because I, I honestly don't care. <laughs> like, that's just that's just me. I don't I don't care, especially when, like if that's something that's also such a deeply personal thing to share. That I'm never actually going to ask that question. When somebody feels comfortable sharing with me their sexual identity, and if they've ever reached that point with me, then great, cool. That's I'm happy to receive it. But ultimately, like I was never going to ask that question. Yeah, and I wasn't really like in the position at the time to to offer it because I mean, when I first met you, relatively quickly, I got into a relationship with somebody who I probably wouldn't have gotten into if she had known that like I wasn't only into women. Yeah, I can I can see that too. Maybe I should have been more open then because I could have dodged a bullet. You could have, yeah. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. And can I ask you, do you feel there's a fear and danger of being out while out? I mean, we're going to address that a little bit in our interview, I'm sure. But there absolutely is, especially in certain environments. I mean, the reason I became friends, like really good friends with today's guest is because Somebody shouted some shit at him on the street before we went into karaoke. Western Pennsylvania is not the most welcoming place for anybody who's not, you know, a white male. No, it's not. It's sad. Like it's a straight, not. a straight white male. If if you're not that, you you can run into some shit out here. For me, like again, I have 
maybe not so much on the podcast, but in person, when you see me, like, it's not usually the first thing that somebody's going to expect that, like, I mean, I'm a stocky bald dude. At the same time, I'm also going to make sure that if I'm in a place that looks like, uh, that I'm going to sing some Johnny Cash. I'm going to pull my Adam Wainwright out and uh, sing some country on that microphone. Yeah, that's how you make friends, Ed. That's how you make friends in Western Pennsylvania. But for somebody who's like more visibly queer, like that's definitely a concern. I have a lot of friends who worry about that kind of thing. Yeah. And it, I mean, we don't have to dive too deep into just how sad that statement is. The fact that people need to live in fear of just going out and enjoying karaoke, which is why, you know, we try to encourage, and you know, when Ed and I are out, we try to just create a welcoming environment for anybody really. And let, like, we really want people to be able to be them true selves when they're on the mic, because like, I, I know for me, like I'm, I feel like my personality and I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin when I'm singing. Like, I, I really feel that when I'm on mic and I'm singing a song that I really like, I feel like I'm very comfortable in my own skin and very comfortable with who I am and like whatever I may identify as my faults and like who, like my personality and stuff like that. And that's something I can really express when singing. So when we're not creating that environment, when it, it's a dangerous environment for somebody, I feel like they're being deprived of something that's really joyful about karaoke. And that's that's sad. It really is. It really is. Now, I do have a question for you. Sure. You've done karaoke all over the place in all sorts of places. Have you done karaoke in a gay bar? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Okay, listen, I, I grew up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. I think I've mentioned that on the podcast before. I, I, I have. There is exactly in this the small town that is exactly what you think a town in like the rural Western Pennsylvania would be. In this town, there is one gay bar that I was in one day because my friends wanted to go in there and get a drink. So we went and got a drink and it just happened to be a karaoke night. And I'm like, yes, here we go. I'm ready to do some karaoke. So I got the party started. I was the first person to put some shit in at this bar. The next thing you know, I had somebody ask me to come and sing with them. And it was me and a lesbian. And we were saying, say a little prayer for you. And that was just the best fucking thing in the entire world. The entire night, though, was like that. It was it was fun it was inclusive like there was a, a certain uh genevieve in the air that probably isn't how you pronounce that but like not no, even not close. how to use that i was very <laughs> close you know what i'm saying though. people know what i'm saying though ed i think they do yeah they do i'm ex yeah they know what i'm saying but that's what i it was it was beautiful like i loved every second of that i was in baby because everybody else was in baby they always seem to be great nights i've I, I can't say i've ever had a bad night in a gay bar doing karaoke I've been in, you know, not gay bars. I left the bar this weekend early before a fight broke out. I've never really seen that in a queer space the same way that I do when it's a whole bunch of straight folks getting too drunk, you know? And the other thing that I figured you would love is just some of the music choices, because you and I are both show tunes guys. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah. You can just lean into the show tunes. And any opportunity I get to lean into some show tunes and be in an audience that appreciates them not to like generalize but like for the most part in my experience if i'm out and get into some broadway like that's i love being able to like just lean into that where if i do one then the next person's going to do one and then the next person's going to do one and the next person you set off an entire 10 string of like 10 11 12 songs over the course of a night that are just broadway and that's a, a win for me over the course of an evening yeah i can see why that would be a win for you you do love your show tunes you also, and you know, 
for a straight guy, this doesn't usually happen a lot, but you also love singing songs by women. Let me ask you this. When you're doing that, are you are you changing pronouns to like straighten it up or are you just going with the words that are on the screen? Words that are on the screen. Why would I change it? Like like that's like there's to me like I don't know, I have a tough time wrapping around why I changed that like because I'm I'm comfortable with who I am and I would feel that would like I I just don't feel the need to do it. I I I just don't need to. Ah, that's such a tough thing. Yeah, no. No, I don't change it because I just don't feel a need to and I don't know how to express myself on that like it, it's to me it's so ridiculous that somebody would like walk down the road the only time I've ever changed pronouns when singing is if I'm singing the song directly to somebody and I know what their pronouns are I will try to do it on the oh, fly yeah. it's incredibly difficult to go on the fly with certain songs as I learned but that's the only time I'd ever change the pronouns in a song otherwise I just never felt the need and it, it's honestly a thought that never even crossed my mind I mean I have changed them if I am directing a song to mm -hmm. or for someone but I, I, I don't change them. If I'm going to sing Son of a Preacher Man, I'm going to sing Son of a Preacher Man. If I'm going to sing like a different song, but I'm singing it at a guy, I might change that. If I'm singing a song that would typically be directed to a guy, I might change it if I was, you know, directing it to a girl. And then, you know, there's all sorts of ways that you can work in your theys and thems if you need to, too. So, I mean, I don't mind doing that on the fly, but I do often see people like change things like guys not doing Santa baby, but doing Santa buddy. I can't. And if there was a good way to capture the sound of a person slamming their head against the desk, that's what I would be doing right now, just over and over and over again, because that's like, that sounds ridiculous to me. That's It's ridiculous. It's It's ridiculous Ed, that somebody would do that. Right. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Oh boy. Let me tell you. Ed, so we talk about inclusivity. Okay. And trying to like create a safe space of karaoke. Can I ask you a question? What can somebody who maybe doesn't fit into the LGBTQIA plus community, what else, what can they do to support? See shit, say shit. Like, don't let something slide. Like, the one thing that I really hate is if something goes sideways and people who don't have the privilege to speak up can't, and you have that privilege, take it. I mean, like, anytime I'm in a barn, you know this. If things go sideways, I'm a sizable guy who knows how to handle himself. I usually get right into the mix and either try to de-escalate or if it comes down to it, escalate. But if you can, if you're comfortable with it and you see some bad stuff happening, let people know it's not cool. And that goes like outside of just like violent trouble at the bar. But like if people are saying shit that's off sides, call them on it. If, if you're being silent about it, you're functionally providing your approval. Yeah. That's that's good to hear. And it's I know it's it, it's tough. Like I've been in that situation where you have to step in and anytime you have to step in and say something, it's tough. Um, and the best you can do is just, you know, continue to try to act. And that's, you know, the best put the best foot forward and, and continue to learn, because I know that's what I'm continuing to do is I'm continuing to educate myself. It's the same concept every day. Like I, I realize that like my place in the world as a cisgender white male is like I've been handed every single card like every the deck has been stacked in my favor since the day i was born and I, i'm just trying deeply to understand the struggles that other people face put myself in their shoes so the best thing i can say is that please if you're me if you're if you find yourself in my shoes just continue to learn expand your circle ask questions don't be afraid to ask questions and learn 
that's all you can do. You're never fully going to understand the fear that your friends may, you know, your, some of your gay or queer or bi or trans friends may face when they're out at the bar. You're never going to understand. You're never going to know that fear. So I never try. Um, and the best thing I can do is try to do is be an ally. So that's what I encourage you to do and ask questions. Am I, am I off base there, Ed? Do you think that's a good representation of what I can do? I think that's a great representation of what you can do. Other people might disagree. Everybody has their own thing with it. I mean, sometimes asking questions is asking other people to provide some kind of emotional or educational labor that they might not feel comfortable doing. But just be open and honest in everything you do and, you know, let your heart guide you. And that ties in the boundaries, too. And if you do ask questions, somebody's like, I don't feel comfortable sharing that information or talking about that, then it's respecting a boundary. But Ed, I'm tired of hearing my own voice talk about the pride. And I want to bring in another voice that can represent the community much more than mine can. Does that sound like a plan? That sounds like a, a great plan. I love that. So let's just cue the guitar and move on to our interview. Just breaking in to quickly introduce a promo for the Hello Wonderful podcast by Dr. Terry Dornack, PsyD. Normally, we just play a quick intro to let you know that promo content was coming, but I finally got to meet Terry at the amazing PodFest Expo in Orlando, and if my voice sounds funny, it's because of all the talking and singing karaoke that was done down there. Her show focuses on telling stories that are both serious and humorous to fight queer stereotypes, and her practice also focuses heavily on queer communities, which made her an obvious choice to feature right now. Hello, you amazing, wonderful folks. I'm Terry Darnack with Hello Wonderful Podcast. Let's do it again. Hello, wonderful podcast. That's right. We are on every platform. We challenge queer stereotypes and stigma with humor and storytelling. We have a guest on every week. The guest tells their story from their life. Any story. Um, lots of humor on our podcast. We talk a lot about poop. Maybe I just talk a lot about poop. I don't know. Who knows? Well, we'll see you soon. I'll be honest, I'm often leery of having close personal friends on the show. However, I can't think of a better person to have on for today's topic. Years ago, I met Jay at karaoke and poetry readings in the area where I live, and he had to be very inebriated in order to even consider singing. But after making some changes in his life, Jay has grown to be one of the fixtures of the local karaoke scene, and I genuinely love seeing him embrace his newfound karaoke confidence on the mic, even if I don't always recognize the songs he's singing. Jay McInnes, Welcome to the greatest song ever sung poorly. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you, Jay. Thank you so much for doing this. We're really excited. We're, we're going to dive right in because I'm really excited to hear about the, the how you, I want to hear Ed and Jay's origin story because it sounds like your karaoke origins are most tied to it. So please, please fill us in on your first impressions of Ed and tell us a little bit about your karaoke journey origin story. Well, I'm a poet and I was helping to run a poetry night at our local coffee shop and Ed was there. And afterward, we would go out to a karaoke bar, a bunch of us together. And I didn't really know Ed at the time, but I am a very visibly queer trans person. And well, not so much anymore, but I was at the time. And we were walking down the street to the karaoke bar after the poetry reading and somebody shouted a slur out the window of their car at me. And Ed, who I did not know at this point, 
starts yelling that he's going to fight this guy and chasing the truck down the street. And this was before he got fit. So it was quite a sight. And I was like, all right, this guy, this guy's pretty cool. This guy's, this guy's pretty good. But I don't think he got me to sing that night. It was a different night. I think he finally got me up there singing some Irish folk song bullshit. I was very drunk. Very drunk. And it was, <laughs> it was the Wild Rover, I think we did. Oh my God. So let me ask you this. You had to be drunk to do it then. And, and you did it a couple other times then. Before you started singing, though, you came to karaoke a lot with our group of friends. How did you start to make that transition from audience member to singer? Uh, I would say that the transition from audience member to singer followed along with my own transition as a trans man and gaining more confidence in my voice. Because when your voice doesn't match what you think it should sound like, it's pretty hard to get up there. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a whole lot of confidence back then, but... You know, as I started going through my my physical and my my hormonal transition, it got a lot easier to put myself out there in a lot of situations. And one day I just bit the bullet and I said, you know what, I'm going to get up there and sing some karaoke. How bad could it be? And I ended up having a blast. That's what we keep telling people. You just need to get out there and you just need to do it. It's like ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah, you know? that's exactly it. It's <laughs> ripping the Band-Aid off. You mentioned as your voice kind of transitioned, you started to gain confidence to get up there. Are you still noticing changes in your voice? Um, are <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Okay. Do you find new songs that match your lower register? Like what are some examples of new songs that you're, you're able to explore now? So when I first started my transition, I, I was really, really excited to, to try to figure out, you know, it's, it, you never know where your range is going to end up. But one of the songs, some of the songs I, were, I was most excited about when my voice started to shift was doing Lumineer songs. I really like singing Lumineer songs. They're in my range. They're a lot of fun. A lot of people know them. So you get up and you do that. And, you know, people who were in college when the Lumineers were really popular, so people in my generation are like, oh, shit, I know that one. So that was, that was a really exciting time. And being able to sing some of my dad's old favorites have always, that's always been really fun for me because I can take a video and send it to him and he always gets so excited. Yeah, the one thing I remember about you uh, sending videos to your dad is doing Walking in Memphis. What does that song mean to you guys? So my dad would come home. I'd be home from college and I'd be on my computer, you know, doing work on my laptop, trying to keep ahead of assignments. And he would come home usually on like a Friday night and he'd, he'd have had been at the bar a little bit, letting loose and he'd be he'd be a little drunk. And he'd come in and he'd see me on my laptop. And he'd get really excited and he'd be like, oh, we should listen to music. And I'd be like, okay, all right, let's, let's listen to some music. And he'd be like, you should play Walking in Memphis every time. And I'd be like, <laughs> it was either Walking in Memphis or The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Those were his two go-tos. And so I'd put Walking in Memphis on and he would talk through the song because he'd want to tell me about the day he was having. And then he'd get mad that he talked through the song and start shushing me. And I'd be like, I'm not talking. You're talking, Doug. Um, <laughs> and so it would get to the part of the song where the lyrics say, tell me, are you a Christian child? And it says, ma'am, I am tonight. And he would shush me every time right before that. And he would go, I love that. I love that song. I just love that song. And so that song always makes me think of him. That's really funny. It's really funny. It's great to have that too, like kind of that relationship to that song. And it's something that you're able to, to sing and explore now. Uh, that's really, yeah, that's just really awesome. 
What's the biggest surprise about the local karaoke community? Because we know we go out and about and every karaoke community is a little bit different. When you start getting involved, both as an observer and as a singer, what's the biggest surprise that you've experienced? I think in the local community, my biggest surprise has been the amount of people really into Broadway tunes. <laughs> um, we have like song staples at our at local karaoke with my group of friends include like songs from Wicked, songs from Hamilton, just just a lot of a lot of Broadway tunes that I was I didn't even know that they had karaoke tracks for. <laughs> What's what's your favorite that pops up? So I'm a big Wicked fan. It was the first Broadway musical I ever saw personally. So probably Defying Gravity. I really like it when they do Defying Gravity or when they do, honestly, any any song from Wicked is going to get my attention. When people like get into Defying Gravity and they can like do the Kristen and Idina like perfectly, like that is like a showstopper to me. It like really is. One of my friends from karaoke can, really hit a lot of those notes really well. And it just, it's, I never want to follow that. I always say like, you can't do that if you're going before me, that's not fair. Yeah, that's, a, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. That's a very intimidating performance. Mine, uh, my, mine in these nights is Sweet Transvestite because oh, yes, my Broadway song. You, uh, you rock that, especially, I, I remember, I remember one Halloween when we did a Rocky Horror Night and you you really pulled off the fishnets, I got to admit. I've got legs for days. Ed and I have both pulled off the fishnets. Was that the same year that we did that, Ed? I think it was. I think I you think did it, it was at nonstop Broadway. Yeah, I did, nice. yeah, in Pittsburgh. I, I did Sweet Transvestate for a, a, a karaoke. It's kind of like a karaoke performance. It's sing-along type thing. Um, yeah, I have a friend who's been to those. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're a blast. I used to help organize them and we always had a good time. And it's just a little bit of a different spin on karaoke. So in addition to the karaoke stuff, you, we've already established you're a poet mm. and you've written some karaoke related poems too. What got you into poetry in the first place? I had a professor in undergrad. I was just taking like a general writing course to fill out like extra credits I needed. And this is before I, I ended up becoming an English major after this. I had almost finished my my major that I had signed up for. So I ended up with two in the end. But I, I, I signed up for this English course just to get it done. And my professor for that course, Pat Bizarro, was a former football star of his like hometown turned poet in college because he had an injury. And so our class was really focused on poetry. And he was just always so excited. He turned me on to a bunch of poets. I ended up getting a book of Andrea Gibson poems for Christmas that year and realized, wow, uh, people don't really talk about contemporary poetry. We don't learn about it in school. I thought it was just boring, like Poe. Not, not that Poe is boring, but he's antiquated. You know, I, I didn't know that there were contemporary poets out there kicking ass and still writing really poignant stuff. So that's what did it for me. That's really interesting. And, you know, it, it is one of those things that like, there aren't a ton of like, I'm not familiar with a lot of contemporary poets. And that's like a kind of a gap, I guess, in my kind of cultural understanding. Uh, so I love to continue to expose myself to more poetry and contemporary poetry. Um, so do you want to start my education by sharing one of your poems? Yeah, I could. Uh... I could read a poem. I, I have a karaoke poem. Uh, it's not, it's not, 
you know, uh, the it's not going to like change your life, I don't think. But I, I've been I've been working on writing more often and I, I was working on some some karaoke stuff. Um, so this is just called karaoke. The microphone is electric and we are all lightning rods waiting for our chance to soak up some sparks for three minutes and 52 seconds under the spotlight. We become human batteries high on a charge. Enough lightning in a bottle to get through one more week of sapping days. It doesn't matter who you are or if you hit the notes, as long as your chosen song discharges sufficient nostalgia to light up the crowd, they'll sing along and clap loud enough in turn to light up the night like a little supernova in a dive bar in Pennsylvania, in Virginia, in New York, in Florida, in wherever, sustaining us, bathing us in energy just enough to keep us all coming back. Yeah, yeah. We clap. I don't know how that's. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to clap. I didn't think the finger snapping would pick up on the mic. No. <laughs> no, you're probably right. You're probably that was wonderful. Thank you. That was perfect. Like God, I wish we could like integrate that somehow into our show. Like I feel like it captures what we talk about every week, like in ways that I couldn't do. That's what poetry is about. Yeah, it's the best way to articulate. Thank you for sharing. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's such a, I'm always amazed when people share stuff like that because it's such a deep, like poetry art, like for me, theater is such a deeply personal thing to share. So I'm always deeply appreciative when artists are willing to, you know, share a little bit of themselves because that's what you're doing. So thank you for, for doing that and really engaging with us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, do you have any more questions or should we jump into, you know, you know, you know what the trip we're going to, you know what we're going to jump into. Well, I know that Jay is a big game player. I've watched him play video games countless times. <laughs> <laughs> so we will jump into our game. What's our game, Adam? I believe it's called Hit Me With Your Best Shot. That's what I remember it being called, Ed. And after recording, I kicked, I've lost count how many episodes of this you think I would remember. But I'm going to say it's Hit Me With Your Best Shot for today. So what we're going to do, Jay, is we're going to give you five rapid fire with air quotations questions. Just answer the first thing that pops in your head. You don't have to quantify your answer with anything. These are your opinions. Don't care about anybody else in the world. We want to know what Jay thinks and what the first response is for every single one of these questions. All right. At the end, since it's only fair, uh, you're going to have a chance to fire away and ask any question to Ed and I, and we solemnly swear that we will answer honestly. Sounds so good. All right, Jay, you ready to rock and roll? Yep. What is the best thing you have seen at karaoke? The best thing I think I've seen at karaoke is when I see or have seen anybody who gets up there for the first time and just really knocks it out of the park. Like, I am such a sucker for that moment. You know, I, I've seen it. I've gotten a few. I have one friend who was always terrified of going up to the mic, and I've gotten her to go up and sing with me a few times. And... She's always so nervous, but she always has so much fun. And that, that for me, is what karaoke is all about. So I love that. Conversely, what's the worst thing you've seen at karaoke? I think the worst thing I've seen at karaoke, at least what comes to my mind recently, was watching somebody put in uh, a song and then the song starting and them just not being able to get up and do it. It's always so hard to see. It, it's so hard to see that because you want to be able to say, no, no, we're here with you. Like, it takes a lot of guts to get up there. No one's going to you know, make fun of you. But I mean, I feel like every few weeks I see somebody get up and, and sign up for something and then bail out at the last second. And that just, that's heartbreaking because I, I was that person for a long time. 
that is heartbreaking to get that far and the best you can do to be supportive. And, you know, that was a big step. I mean, even submitting a song. So if you're listening to us right now, we're proud of you for submitting the song. Keep doing it. You're going to get up there one day. So what is the one song you would love to do a karaoke that you've never been able to find or find a good instrumental of? Actually, that relates to uh, earlier. I, I do a lot of Lumineer songs, but I have never been able to find Cleopatra. And I think that would be such a fun one to do. But I, I've found a lot of songs, but none off of that second album and never found Cleopatra. Okay, Jay, now, now we got to get serious for a minute. We got to get a little dark. <laughs> Imagine that somebody kidnapped your family and the only way to release them was to wow the kidnappers with a karaoke performance. Sounds what song do you choose? Uh, I would do Walking in Memphis because if they were going to shoot them anyway, uh, at least my dad would get to hear the song one more time. <laughs> <laughs> they would probably dad... shush me. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that was one of the best answers I think we've ever had for that question. Well done. That was That was perfect. I love that. So our favorite question to ask is, if you could magically strike one song from every karaoke playlist forever, which song would you choose? That damn Pina Colada song. Valid. God, it's not romantic. It's not cute. It, it, it's just, it's not a good song. It gets stuck in my head for a week afterward. No, thank you. Gone. Goodbye, Pina Coladas. We don't want to get caught in your rain. <laughs> Jay, you crushed that game. Now it's only fair. You have the chance to fire away. So go ahead and hit Adam and I with whatever burning question on karaoke you have. What is one song you've done at karaoke that you will never do again? There are so many directions I could go with this just because of the random songs that we, we've we got assigned here and there and some just truly epic failures that I've had on my part for songs that I was really excited to. And there was just, uh, I've just come to accept that they're never ever, ever going to happen. And I never put a crowd through it again, me exploring it, <laughs> me trying again. Uh, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Across the Universe. Uh, listen, I love the Beatles. Uh, I, I really love their music. I wish I could sing more of their music. I love that song. And it's just, ne it's never going to happen. I, I can't, I can't, I can't find that song. I can't find any of the notes in that song. I'm not expose an audience to it ever again. Across <laughs> the Universe is dead to me in my karaoke journey. Ed, what do you got? I actually think Jay might have been here for this night, but we all know that my thing is I will do any song anyone asks me to sing. And our friend Sam had me do Despacito, which put me at a significant disadvantage because I will read anything off the screen, but I don't read Spanish at all. And <laughs> I crashed and burned so hard on that song. And I would never subject a crowd to that again, even though it's a bop. I No, I couldn't. I couldn't do that to a. A friendly or unfriendly crowd. I wouldn't want to torture anybody with that. That's fair, Ed. We, I, I'm both sad I missed that night and glad I missed that night at the exact same time. It's, it's, yep. it's a perfect combination of blend of the two. I don't know if I was there for that, and I kind of wish I had been. It was a while back. It was, it was pre-pandemic in the Benders days. I, uh, yeah, it was bad. I mean, it was bad enough that it stands out that I had a direct answer for that. Like I know absolutely without question what song <laughs> I'm picking for Jay's question. That's how you knew it was the right answer. If it was the yeah. first, if there's something that's like, after all the karaoke we've done, something that came flooding into your head that like, oh no, I would know that guy. <laughs> especially as I've done so many things so poorly that that sticks out. Yeah, that, that was the choice. 
Jay, I, you're not on the hot seat anymore, so you can say no. I don't want to answer that question. But what would yours be? Oh boy, I don't. I don't know if I've hit if I've if I've had one that like I want to strike off forever. There have been a few. You know what? That very first time we got up there, I could I could strike off doing any Irish folk songs at a regular non-Irish bar or at an Italian restaurant. You know, I think there's there's a time and a place, and that was not the time or the place, honestly. <laughs> so I think I'm going to reserve my Irish folk music for maybe Irish pubs now. That is completely, completely fair. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. Jay, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that was such a fun, like, just interview. It was a fun game. Like, I, I loved your answers. Thank you again for sharing some poetry with us. Like, seriously, it means the world to me. I'm Ed. You want yeah, to add absolutely. Anything? Yeah. I, I am never sad to hear Jay read his poetry because he's just <laughs> a fantastic talent. And now he can add a podcast appearance to his list of publications. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of lists of publications, do you have anything you'd like to share, Jay? Social media, places where people can find you, any words of wisdom you want to say? Basically, we're going to turn the show over to you. Talk about whatever you'd like to talk about, and we're going to shut up and hang out in the background. I kind of don't hang on social media much. And unfortunately, I don't have any big upcoming publications that I can rattle off for you. But I guess if I had one thing I wanted to leave, like, leave on, it would be that I think karaoke and poetry come from very similar places in my heart. They are both situations when you're reading a poem or where you're where you're doing karaoke, where you have a chance to stand up there and, and let off some steam and and just kind of reset yourself for the next week and i guess if i could leave on a note it would be to leave on the note that i think everybody should try reading and writing poetry once in their life i think there's something out there for everybody and just like i think there's a karaoke song out there for everybody and i would like to see more people involved with both i think that's a fantastic response and i think we have to change our typical sign off because jay you have been a great guest you've mm -hmm. been a great friend and I don't have to hope that I will see you singing at a screen sometime soon because I know I will. So I look forward to the next time that I see you singing at a screen. Same here to you. You at home can't see what I just did, but Ed could. And what I did is I put on my serious face. I've been silly this entire episode, even though we talked about serious things, but it's been like serious. It's been like, it's, it's been a roller coaster. You heard it. You've listened, you know, but right now it's a serious face. Because I want to talk to you, dear listener, about our social media, like sungpoorly.com, where you can leave us a voicemail, buy some t-shirts. We're at sungpoorly on Twitter. My serious face doesn't work so well. So let's go follow the greatest song of Sung Poorly on Facebook. Look at our, send us an email, sungpoorly at gmail.com. I, I said them all. That is all the things. And if you do leave us a voicemail, we are still taking audio messages for our upcoming advice episode, our karaoke advice episode. So you can email us for that. You could leave us a pod inbox message for that. We'll take your questions however we can get them. You can raise the, the greatest song ever sung poorly bat signal at your local karaoke night and transmit it through the ether. And we will show up to answer your question personally if you create the light and then beam it so it can be seen in both New York City and in Western Pennsylvania. And while you're figuring out how to make that crazy technological marvel happen, you might as well listen to Ben Dumb while you do it. He gave us our theme song, Gasoline. You can find him at the Ben Dumb 3 on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you find music.
you can find music anywhere that's the beautiful part about music this this podcast in a way music boom now there are people that argue i don't need to open that can of worms so right now i'm just gonna say to tune in two weeks from now when we talk about gender representation in karaoke with someone who literally wrote the book on record collecting for girls and who has some great karaoke thoughts and stories too that's it that's all there is no more so until next time i'm adam wainwright I'm Ed Kennard. And remember that singing off key is still technically singing. Elton John and George Michael top the charts. God damn it, Woodford.